and welcome to episode 149 of the Geeks Who Win podcast, the podcast covering video games and tech from the Geeks for the Win, the place covering all things geeky. I am Casual Terror, and I am joined with a guest with me, um, Austin. Woo! Now, I, I actually went to high school with Austin, so we so we really kind of kind of know each other. We we've, we've actually pod, podcasted before. Like many years ago, for a while. Yeah, Do you remember that yeah, at it, all? Yeah, it's a uh, we. I remember it was right around the time when uh, Arkham Asylum had first come out. Yeah, it was sometime in '09. Yeah, it was a couple months before this podcast started. So, gosh, uh, but uh, <laughs> why don't you uh, tell our listeners kind of about about yourself and and you've got some things in the works too. So yeah, tell me about that. Sure, um, I am. You know, I, I've been a lifelong, uh, you know, geek and nerd. I've been into everything, but I've also kind of shared like kind of a, I guess, a kind of dichotomy of also being heavily invested into into things like uh, you know sports and uh, fitness. And so um, you know, like I actually help run uh, Anytime Fitness Club in uh, Newcastle, and you know, I actually try to use that as a venue to try to like spread, you know. My uh, my geeky knowledge it often goes on with a uh, blank stares and derision when nobody understands what I'm talking about. Uh, so you know we I've spent all of this time as a as a you know as a geek and a nerd and acquiring all this knowledge doing exactly what I love and my main mission is trying to figure out how to turn all of that into something that is a little bit broader than just being you know seeds that sit in my head and just you know kind of go stagnant. Man. Okay. You know, this is something that we kind of share here, you know, Stu. You, know, you and I have done this for a long time. Um, you know, well, well before, uh, you know, high school and everything. And it's something that we've stayed pretty well true to. So I love it. You love it. Let's love it together. That's right. Let's <laughs> join arms. <laughs> Celebrate. Come on. Everybody sing. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, yeah, that's well, that's that's it. That's is there anything about me that that you wanna you wanna share with me? Like, tell, tell me what do you, you think of me, Stu? Um, well, really, my mind flashbacks to the time in high school when we sat in your room playing Yu- Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I I remember the fact that like you know the thing with like Yu-Gi-Oh was that like I, at that time like nobody really actually functionally understood a lot of the rules at the time. You know, everybody was really young and the rules were you know, not necessarily as complicated as like Magic the Gathering or some of the other stuff around there, but they were still like a little bit like kind of out there. So, I know one of the big things was like basically people were kind of making stuff up as they went. And I <laughs> I remember I like one time like uh, I can't I'm not sure if it was you or maybe it might have been with Billy for a long time I kept losing to a card and it, I was absolutely upset it was like the most terribly like huh it wasn't, it wasn't me no no it was it it must have been him then I kept losing constantly and then like finally like one day I actually read the card they kept playing and it was absolutely nothing of what it said it was doing so for the entire time I was just. <laughs> losing to a fake card that actually didn't really do it. I was like, oh. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
Um, Bless. but uh, well, what what have you been up to lately, though? What what kind of video games you playing that nowadays? Um, I I'm pretty invested into into things that are pretty story heavy. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not much of a multiplayer kind of person. So, like, when we're stepping into things that are like uh, that, I really like it's things that are like Portal Two. That's still like one of my favorites. Definitely in my top of like all time. As far as lately, um, I actually started playing Dragon's Dogma. It, uh, I actually picked it up because the the expansion pack that got released, like you could buy it for forty bucks and got the game with it and everything. So that was the only reason why I bought it, and I kind of picked it up and I've I've enjoyed it so far. I haven't gotten too far into it though. It looks interesting. Yeah, it is. It's I don't know. It's kind of weird. The whole thing with the with that squire system that's really weird. Like you share people across worlds and. Some strange thing like that? No, it, dude, that's not even that bad. In fact, I might just be a little jaded here. Like, um, have you ever played Dark Souls? No, it that terrifies me. Yeah, and it should. Because <laughs> when it comes to, like, sharing universes with, like, other players, and it, like, that's the, like, pinnacle of it. Like, Dark Souls is just, it, it takes everything that you ever, like, hated about yourself and the rest of the world and just shows it in front of you and then pounds you in the face with it and then allows other people to watch like I, I, the very first time I think I've actually I've not rage quit a game in a long time and I've played stuff like Catherine which is oh god <laughs> yeah which is, I, I didn't I never rage quit that game I stuck it out until the end but like I when I played Dark Souls I was like I was doing fine. I was like fighting one of the demons there, and I was constantly getting stuck in a loop of death and you know and personal shame, as you know that game is wont to do. And I, I finally like got the thing down to like on a low health, and then like the and this was like the very first time I like, played the game, and then like suddenly a big thing flashes across my screen, and it says like a player has invaded your world, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> the guy just runs up, like just stabs me in the face and fogs me and poisons me, and I just die. I lose all my souls and everything and my humanity and I, I just I rage quit at that point and I stayed mad at that game for a good two weeks. So you lost your humanity in real life and in the game. Yeah, it's well that that <laughs> I I think you have to give up a little humanity to even start to play that game to begin with. <laughs> or you have to be accompanied with a sense of uh despair before you even start. Um other than that, like um I don't know, I played a lot of arcade games. You know, um, like the Xbox Live Arcade games, is, there's a lot of the stuff on there that I kind of dig. You know, the um, all the all of like their uh, big like uh, independent titles that like uh, like Bastion, which is kind of like last year, maybe the year before, uh, is still one of my favorites. All my little ringtones are like based off of that game. And then, like recently, there was one on there from Double Fine called uh, The Cave. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it or played it or anything, but it's kind of trippy. But I don't know. I love I love puzzlers that have a story to it. So like games like you know the original Heavy Swinger, like Braid, like Limbo, and those kind of things. I love those games. So I kind of got sucked into Cave and the things trippy as balls. <laughs> okay, is is that it? Um, is that really all you? I mean that's like the highlights. Like there's all kinds of stuff that I've done like over like the past like long while. You know, uh recently I had picked up an older game that one that I had kind of forgotten about and like just picked back up cuz I kind of I realized I missed it. Was Lost Odyssey. 
Oh, I am... Disc four of mine is scratched, so I've never completed the game. I I would have gotten a used copy of that by now. Like, yeah, I've, I, I've you know, at, at the time I had GameFly, and I thought about getting that game through GameFly and just switching out the disc, going, oh, that's damaged. Here you go. <laughs> but I that never I never did, did that though. Clever girl. I, I I remember liking that game though. I remember really liking that game. Well, it's it's very important because like JRPGs have always been kind of centered around like, you know, very very much uh, like, you know, characters who are like modeled after like Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, models and <laughs> you know, uh, and very very whiny and annoying characters. Like a like a good a good example is like Blue Dragon. Like every character in that game is either like a 12-year-old boy, uh some female character who is uh physically busty beyond what the human body should actually be able to do and or some horribly annoying comical character well and that's, that's japanese entertainment together all together you know anime manga they're all like that yeah i know and it's a cookie cutter thing that it, it drives me up the wall but lost honesty kind of took that and spun it on its head <laughs> like you know you know, and I know, like when you kind of look at it, you know, some of the characters do have are ridiculously uh, attractive, or you know, like to the point of like you know, goes back to what I was saying. You know, the female characters are also unnecessarily busty, but I wouldn't uh, say necessarily. But I, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. When it gets to the point of where like I I am legitimately afraid that like you're gonna like float off into the stratosphere, like. <laughs> It's I don't know it's bad but you know the thing is is that I don't know all they all looked like real people you know they they didn't I didn't actually I never felt like they were like models so you know I I felt like I was able to adapt with the character and even the annoying character in that game which is Jansen the little comic relief guy he he felt like a real type of person like he felt like that was the kind of buddy that you'd have around that you were like man. Yeah, God, what a jerk! You know, I'm gonna shake my head in shame, but you still keep him around because he's he's still entertaining in a way, even though he can be annoying. So, I don't know the the realness established with the characters, the fact that the plot is at least able to like you know keep you active. A lot of what happens when you play like especially some of the later Final Fantasy games, like you start to go off, it starts to go off in this weird kind of like scattershot direction of like what the game is trying to say and what the story is and it's like it's near impossible to follow like the whole thing is just one long extended you know text based acid trip and and like I was kind of was telling you earlier like I'm a big story person so if I can't follow your story or like what you're doing is so abstract that I'm just like uh that you know it's not doing it for me so like I kind of stepped out of the realm of JRPGs a very very long time ago and Lost Odyssey is the one that kind of brought it back for me in the modern world. Yeah, there, unfortunately, there's been very few games that are really like that anymore, um, or really that are really that are really they're really hard to find. You know, especially over here in America, where hey, they're not from, because for some reason Americans kind of don't like anything not from here. <laughs> so they're they're really kind of hard to find. And I remember, you're actually making me want to go back and play Lost Lost Odyssey. 
Yeah, it's. I remember it's really, really liking that game and really being di- dis- disappointed I couldn't finish it. Yeah, it's. I don't know, it and I don't know. There's uh, for anybody who may have played it or like uh, or even who never had. There's a actual separate system to the whole game, which is the fact that it's basically a book. Like when you go to analyze the character's dreams, dude. And that I love that it. first dream, dude. I it got it got a bit dust dusty in the room because oh man. I remember. Yeah. I remember that dream. I remember that dream. Yeah. The is it? I think the one where he's talking about the girl. Well, about like about his daughter. Hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About his daughter that he, he can't say that he can't meet her in heaven because he'll never die. I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so one of those like lie down, try not to cry, and total cry. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, um. Yeah, and it's I don't know the way that's so expertly written, like the dreams are, and the fact that it's it's stylized as well, like the text kind of floats around, and it's done in such an artistic way that accompanies like whatever the uh, motif that the story's reached at the time. That it's just like it's hard not to get entrapped by it, and I'm like, I don't know, when just with the, all these little brief short stories that it does with those dreams, I kind of felt myself completely captivated by it. Um, it kind of brought me back to there's an old movie I used to watch uh, called Daywatch. It's a Russian movie. It's kind of like a I don't know a supernatural thriller, kind of like an underworld type of thing. But when you watch the movie with subtitles, the subtitles did weird stuff while you're watching the movie, and I don't know, I absolutely loved that. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And then I don't know the stylized system that goes on with uh, Lost Odyssey. I was absolutely in love with it and. Oh, man, I just wanted to go back to it. So I, that was something I actually, I don't know, I did about a month ago and just went back and just tore through that game again. I think I might do, do that as well. Speaking of that, like, uh, what what about you? Like, what have you been up to? Um, Really, I've not been playing a whole lot of games because there's not really a whole lot out there I really want to play. Um, I keep trying to play Animal Crossing, but I'm like, I'm... All I'm doing is I'm shaking trees and picking up fruit, just getting stung by bees occasionally, and then log- like a true gangster. Yes, <laughs> I'm finding very little to do in that game, and I keep reading like, oh, there's you know, there, I'm doing this in this game. Like how? I don't how? I I don't understand. There, there's nothing there. <laughs> By so, the way, there's a um, there's a let's play for Animal Crossing that is fantastic. Um, it's a text based let's play. Um, it's on LP Archive, and uh, it's actually like it follows like some of the things that actually happen on Animal Crossing, but it actually comes a really dark and macabre story. Like it puts like a thing behind everything that's happening in that that world, like all the stuff that Mister Nook does and everything. It's like, <laughs> oh it's, Tom Nook, you yeah, bastard, <laughs> you rule the that's world. That's what he is. He's like a slumlord <laughs> in the LP, and the way it's done is absolutely fantastic. Like it, you actually start to read it, and you're like it actually sucks you in, like as a, like a legitimate story. And it's that's probably one of the only times I've actually ever liked Animal Crossing. Second-rate Harvest Moon, if you ask me. Yeah, actually, I was when I, when I first bought Animal Crossing. I'm like, you know, this actually makes me just want to play Harvest Moon. So that's what I did. I went and bought Har- Harvest Moon for the 3DS, and been playing more ha- Harvest Moon than 
you know, Animal Crossing. <laughs> and uh, because thing is, at least in that, I can I can go to sleep in the game and wake up and it's now day. I don't have to log off and actually now have to wait a physical day to <laughs> do anything. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's like the the fact that you can actually build relationships in that too was always a big thing to me. Like, not only are you actually building your own farming economy, but like you can actually build social relationships as well as like your romantic relationships in the game. And I thought that that was always kind of cool. Yeah, like I, uh, that that blew my blew my mind in the end sixty four days. Like, oh dude, I can get married to the to the barmaid. That's all I'm gonna do. Yeah, the, the, you know, I, you know, I still remember. You know, it's probably been years since I played Harvest Moon '64, but it still sticks with me as one of my favorite games that I ever played. It actually holds the record for the longest time I've actually sat and played a game uninterrupted. And uh, and I still remember like the main girl that I was chased after in that game was Karen, the the girl that, that yep, was in the that, winery. Yeah, I thought she was a bar- barmaid. But yeah, that's that's who, who I picked as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was. Uh, her family owned the winery. That's why they also did the like the bar thing. And uh, like, uh, you know, the thing was is like the reason why I liked it was because she was the closest to an actual adult circumstance that you ever arrived in one of those types of games. <laughs> like everybody else was like all like cheeky and had like huge eyes, and they're like all like overly happy. Like they would just like fall, like would see like a tulip grow up in the ground and just fall into like a fit of like you know unstoppable <laughs> orgasm, you know, and. Like they were that there was this unreal like you know outlook thing, but Karen would like get into fights with her parents and get all mean and go around punch things, and she was constantly belligerent and just hated the world and she hated you, and it just yeah I remember she was she was a ch- challenge, yeah and it was I don't know it actually reflected real life because it was like that's I don't I don't know that's how most of my relationship started was with somebody hating me so you know. <laughs> Also with alcohol, much like that game. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you actually had to give her alcohol for her. Like it's one of the ways that she actually liked you. I was like, huh. I wonder how I can I use this I in the future. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so it's it still sticks with me. I still love that game very, very much. And I and I've played a lot of them since then. Um, and a lot of them just kind of got weird. Like I know that there was one recently. Uh, it was for the. Is for I don't think it was for the 3ds. It was actually for the regular DS. And, uh, or maybe it was, oh. maybe it was for the GameCube. I don't know. But there was some weird androgynous character. No, the one for the future was for the f- Sony. Was it? Okay. Yeah, because the one that came out for, like, there was two of them. The one that came out for Sony was, like, Future, and, like, you actually fought in that one or something. I don't know. It was Future. I do I, remember I, that. I never played that and, one. And then the one for the DS was, like, fantasy-related. Oh yeah, that's what it was. The one was future and had like all kinds of future equipment and stuff. And then the fantasy related one, you actually fought monsters and stuff in it. Um, but no, that wasn't it. I think I think it may have actually been for the GameCube, to be honest. But like, there was some like androgynous character named Jesse, and I don't know. It was just kind of <laughs> weirded me out because Jesse could be either wooed by a male or female in that game, and the reason being is because you just didn't know what Jesse was. Like Jesse just had like a, a a strange like over decorative cowboy hat and a poncho and like purple hair, but you didn't know. So like I was kind of imagining myself and the character in the game like coming up and being like hit on by that character, and I was just like, I don't know what you are, but I like what you're selling, so <laughs> I'll 
I'll go ahead and take a shot at it. We'll see what happens. I think I'll buy. I don't. I, I'm not sure. Buyer um, beware kind of situation there. Yeah. But as far as like what's on the market now, like you're saying, like there's not a lot that tickled you. Like uh, maybe there's not a lot that came out here recently. But I've definitely there's still a lot on the market I would like to play. I just I've fallen behind. You know, I work a lot. You know, and I try to you know do some stuff that actually like try to help my help me in my uh, work. And then I also I am trying to fit some of this hobby in, and I just don't have the time that I used to. So there's still stuff that people have played that are now kind of old news now. Like Far Cry Three. I wanted to play Far Cry 3 forever. I just haven't been able to get to it. Uh, like Tomb Raider. Far Cry 3 is pretty, pretty fun. I really, like, really want to play the new Tomb Raider game. Um, the the one that came out on Xbox Live Arcade, the like the little over-the-top like you know co-op game. I love that game. So it kind of actually kind of got me on the spot back to actually play the new Tomb Raider game, even though it's not even remotely close, but still. Um, right. I wanted to. Still haven't got to it. And, you know, the one that's come out recently that I really want to play is Last of Us. I've heard really good th- things about it, but that is that is not a game that I would like because I don't like those sur- survival horror games. So that is not my style. Um, I, I won't say that I like I like the genre. Like there are certain aspects that I do like of it. Like I've always hated the Resident Evil games until it got to the later points, like from Resident Evil Four on. I've been way into them, just because. Oh, of the, so when like, they stopped becoming zo- z- zombies? Yeah, <laughs> they're actually zombies in Resident Evil Six. Uh, yeah, four and five, they were pretty much just angry, infected, like Hispanic people, which, you know, it's kind of weird. But um, in Resident Evil Six, they were zombies again, and that game was weird. But I loved it. I loved every minute of it. But you're I've never one gotten of the few in- then. <laughs> Yeah, I'm one of those people that there are certain things that I like just because they are. You know, like I uh, like I'm a big fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And yes, I'm aware you you're you're the one that actually got me in, in into it. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. I think I, I lent you one of my DVDs or something. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Mano um, Fate. Hell yeah! And it came with uh, uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Um, which I got that legit. I now have that like for for Christmas I got a pack of a hundred sci fi movies. That was that was one of them. Uh, so like it's not even an MST three K. You just got like the nope. regular movie. Yep. Like wow, that's bad. That's I would not watch that movie in an enclosed room with no ventilation. Like oh, man, but anyway, so I I love them, and even like the even the things that they do that aren't so great. Because, uh, like, right now the company's moved on and they do riff tracks. And I still, like, I like get, like, all the new riff tracks whenever they come out. And I'm a big fan of them. And I love them when I, even when I sit and watch them. Like, one of the recent ones that they actually, every now and then they air them live um, at movie theaters. So I'll go to Muncie here mm-hmm. and I'll watch the live ones at the movie theater. And the one for Birdemic was, I don't know, not not all that great. It, Birdemic's an awful movie. And, you know, everything wasn't quite as, I guess, A-grade that day for him. So, But it didn't really bother me because it's just one of those things that just because it is, I enjoy it. You know, it's something that just being a part of, you know, MST3K or Rift Tracks, it's just something I have fun doing. Um, 
you know, and Resident Evil is one of those things. Just because it, like, since 4, I've kind of got pulled into it. And just because it is, like, I just enjoy being a part of it. And Batman's another example. You know, I just like seeing Batman do things. Even everything he's doing is not exactly, you know, quality. Yeah. I get, I get, what, I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there, there is a game that's out now that I, I don't know if I want to play it or not, and that's the Deadpool game. And I am, I am a fan of De- of De- Deadpool. Like I totally read the the, the comics and all that. Mm-hmm. But I don't really care for, um, Nolan North's version of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I read the comic, his voice is not the one I hear in my head, so I don't partic- particularly care for it. Hmm. I, so I don't I, know if I'm. I can see that. Um, it's Deadpool's another example of that, though. Like I, I just like I like Deadpool, and I like I like just being a part of his environment. Like uh, you know, the Marvel versus Capcom game that he was in. I'm not big into fighting games, but I played that one just because it had Deadpool mm-hmm. in it. And his finishing attack was like he grabs up and grabs his health bar and like beats you with it. That's probably one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. I was absolutely wowed by that, and for no good reason. So the Deadpool game, I'll play it. I know I will. Whether I'll be entirely happy with it, I don't know. But I'm sure I'll, I'm going to stick out 50 bucks and buy it and still play it just because you know I'm that much of a that much of a fanboy. I'll probably pick pick it up once it goes once the price goes down on that a bit. Um, actually. That actually segues into one of the the topics I have, one of the news topics I have. Um, apparently, Sony charged too much for the digital version of it. They they charged like ten dollars too much for it, so they're actually going to refund all their all their cu- all their customers the the difference. Yeah. So it, hey, they're doing it as a credit, right? Yes. Yeah. Not you know as a you know here's cash back, but no, yeah, it's. It is credits, um, but I, Sony right now, both both Sony and Microsoft right now, I just see them in a weird light, and I couldn't put my my finger on what it was until I heard on the giant bomb where they said, "Well, it's basically like a political cam- campaign right now." I said, "That's exactly what it's like. They are on their on the a political road." I can I can see that, and you actually you do have kind of contrasting uh, um, ideas there. Um, you can even kind of like put you know labels on them. You know the the Xbox is kind of the the dominant force, the one that has been pretty uh, strong arm for you know the past couple years now. Um, on one side, and you know he's demanding you know all of these rules and laws, and that you need to follow these. Whereas Sony on the other side is the one that's more uh, you know like let's everybody be free, but they're the ones that are also making the more uh, mistakes. You know, like the uh, you know they had the network hack that happened to them, and they're over like the overcharging that's happening recently, and you know it's, they're making well, a lot and of also guess, the the really bad update that really bricked a bunch of con consoles last week oh yeah, yeah yeah i remember that yeah it's a lot of very uh i guess incompetent mistakes that they're making um and it's kind of weird because it that's 
those kind of things are largely getting underplayed right now. Like you're not you're not hearing a lot about those, about the PlayStation update or about the Overcharge game. And a lot of it has to do with the fact of how badly people have this rage package for Microsoft right now. Ever since the unveiling of the Xbox One, it's been nothing but like a sea of infathomable malice directed towards the Xbox One. So PS has pretty much gotten a free pass on all of their mistakes here lately. Yeah, but I, you know, that whole uh, news last week on the reverse of, of the DRM stuff, I that that ha- that has really helped them a lot, you know. But I don't know. Uh, I also heard brought up like, well, you know, since they've they now have basically five months to come up with an entirely new way to do anti pirate piracy because up until now for the for the past many years they had developed a way to do it you know with us always always online stuff you know the you know, you know we will do checks every every 24 hours that way we can you know tell whether you have the correct disk or not and we can you know we have all these systems in place to see if whether it is the correct disk and all that but now they've gone back on it so now they have to come up with you know how we're going to you know a brand new code to put on every single disc. Now we've got to come up with uh, Blu-ray and in, in, encoding to work on the disc because it's no longer going to be a mandatory install. I don't think so. And they've got less than five months to come up with a brand new s- system. Uh, and that I would kind of argue with that is like the system that they're wanting to build on with, with that whole like anti-piracy thing. It's like just how much of a problem was piracy for them? Like it, it seems more of like a cash grab than an actual like uh you know counter problem like a resolution kind of system. Well, I mean, they had it fine. I I feel like they had it fine on on the on the Xbox 360. I wasn't hearing a whole lot of piracy stuff going on, but there totally was. Um, but now I mean they've got a brand new arch- architecture. They've got a brand new you know uh, disk drive. You know they've got a brand new everything. So they've got to kind of rebuild that from almost the ground up, to 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 make sure that they don't they that there's not that loophole in there so, somewhere. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that the that small subsect of pirates that it does exist, you're not going to stop it. You know, we've we've tried to, and we've basically played whack a mole with They're it. They're going to try their damnedest though. Yeah, well, the fact of the matter is, is how much of this of, of your efforts being wasted on this? You're basically playing whack-a-mole with something that you're going to squash this, but four more are going to pop over here anyway, so it doesn't matter. You know, we, you know, the, uh, you know, when we thought that we were crushing Napster, it was like, oh yeah, we're, there's a score for anti-piracy on the internet, uh, and how much did that go down again? No, it's, <laughs> it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, is that. Xbox has still been wildly successful. It's been one of the most profitable, you know, uh, parts of the Microsoft company. And how much of pri- you know piracy was it really causing them? Actually, you know? their games market is about ten percent. Yeah. And so what? What ended up happening was I think that they in, they end up directing their attention into the wrong place, and then what happened was their essentially sacrificing the loyal fan base in order to try to counteract that one thing that I don't really find as much of a problem anyways, and they end up creating a much bigger mess over it entirely. So, 
you end up with an entire crowd of jilted people like myself who was pretty loyal to Xbox all up until this point. And even things like when they did their uh, turnaround on the DRM, uh, the apology that they had officially released out in the press seemed kind of backhanded. You know, it, I remember it was like basically it said like, oh, yeah, okay, now we're going to go ahead and we're going to reverse all these policies. However, we do think that we were completely right and that what we were doing and what we were doing was for the future. But, you know, what? we'll just go ahead and do it your way. And I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. I, I see what they're trying to do, but I mean, the they need to get a new marketing team or new PR because they are just they sound like arrogant assholes. They really do every time they, you know, that um, Adam Orth thing that happened, you know, months ago. <laughs> I, I believe he was PR, you know, because they they sound just like him. And. I agree, and like, and they tried to make it right by firing him, but everybody else that's come out since then have sounded exactly like him. Like, we yes. know what's best for you, so here, buh. And then when everybody was like, no, that's stupid, I don't want that. And then they're like, oh, well, fine. You know, go ahead and just be ridiculous then, we'll go ahead and do it this way. Uh, that's why I'm still not exactly, like, I'm not wooed over by them yet. There's still also some other problems with it. You know, the the fact of the matter is is like um you know uh you know another thing that you know I I think you and I were going to talk about was the fact that the uh, Xbox is not going to come with a headset. I, because they say the Connect works just fine. Yeah, and okay. Here's if you've ever heard somebody use the Connect, you know, talk through the Connect now. You know, they sound kind of like this. Um very muffled, and you hear everything going on in the background. You hear the kids crying. You hear the dog barking. You hear the, the laundry going on. You hear everything. I gotta scoot up now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's the idea that like that doesn't make any sense because you know I now have to shout at my TV, and like whereas before, like when you're playing like online games with your buddies, like. So now I have to hear like all of them come through my TV, and I guess I can you know I can I can plug headphones into the audio jack, but I'm still having to shout at my TV. Whereas like right now like you know I'm talking through a mic and a headset, and so I can keep my voice pretty low. But now once it gets to the connect, and which by the way for the connect to work, I have to have a certain distance away from the TV. If I'm too close, the connect doesn't you know recognize that I'm even existing because apparently it works like a T Rex. So, like, not so I have to be a I have to be far away from it, and I have to use the mic that's implanted in it. So I'm shouting at the goddamn TV when I'm talking to it, and it just doesn't seem like a very uh pragmatic as well as the 16 to, other people in the, you're you're playing playing with, right? And here's the thing I was like that you know it gets me is like so now. You know, you you and I are old enough that we remember the older consoles that came out. Like, uh, like when the Sega Genesis came out, like that came with two controllers uh, and a game. Like the one I bought, I remember at the time, came with Sonic the Hedgehog two, and that kind of thing. It's like when you look at the bundle now for the new Xbox that's coming out. Like you have, you're going to basically look at the side that says "Not Included," extra controller, headset, and privacy. So. It's kind well, of I mean, I've, I mean, with 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 the Connect now, and I don't see why I can't do this with the new X with the new Connect. It mine faces the wall. 
You know, it, it's but still, I mean, if they want to see a fat guy sit, sitting on the couch watching, you know, TV in his underwear, have at him. But I mean, I I don't know. There's there's something that bothers me about an always on, always watching, always listening system. Like that's not something that we are uh, we're built around. Like, oh, but did right? you hear? You can turn that off. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> I I can I can probably turn it off just by not having internet connected to it. So that's fun, but the it's still it's still collecting data on you. And and I know like what Microsoft is saying. It's like oh that all that data that we collect from the camera, we're not going to use it for any like you know ill means. Like oh okay, because I you know I guess we're going to pinky promise that this giant corporation isn't going to do what it says it isn't going to do. And like <laughs> it, you know like right now when we look at the broader picture, like the <laughs> the United States of America right now has currently chased a man into Russia because <laughs> he showed that. The, Amer- the American government was listening to people like on their Facebook and you know all you know seeing pictures of their you know lunch that day, uh, and we were bothered by that to the point of where you know now it's a main talking point where it shows up a lot like you know prism has now become a bad word because of that. So wh- where in our where in Microsoft's like entire mindset does it think that? A system that's always watching and always listening to you and taking in data of what it sees is going to be a great idea. Oh, look, he's watching the uh, the Sports Illustrated thing on ESPN. His heart rate has gone up. We should sell more sex. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll agree with that, but, you know, yeah, I you you at absolute point. Isn't that creepy that it can see your heartbeat? Is that <laughs> just me? Yes, that, that is probably the most creepiest thing about the new Connect. Like, I can see your heartbeat. Like you know, it's um, gonna see like like it's terrifying to me like what it like it what it's wanting to do there. Like and you know, like the next thing it's oh, gonna know is every like, time you know, a, 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 Olivia Wilde shows up, his heart beats a little faster. Yeah. Well and it's uh or like it's just gonna kinda pop up like I'm like kinda watching there and it's just like you know, somebody's gonna walk by my field of vision and there's just gonna be a message to be like, Oh, how dare you think of that? That person's married. You're disgusting. Oh, <laughs> thank you. You judgmental Xbox. I appreciate it. I don't know. It's yeah. just, you know, it's definitely that how thing. I, sorry, Austin. I can't do that right now. Right. It's, I don't know. It's, I think, you know, here, and I'll tell you what bothers, bothers me the most about it is because of how far away it's getting from the spectrum of what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a video game system. It's it's not supposed to be my life. No, it's know? an entertainment system. That's what they're selling it as. Yeah, it's and I understand the wordplay that's going on now. It's the same thing when they called professional wrestling sports entertainment, whatever. But <laughs> you know, it's it's not what it is anymore. And that was one of the reasons why I became such an Xbox fanatic was because they were one of the ones that stayed true to the course of video games. You know. I'm still happy that the Wii does things like, you know, it's like one of the only systems that still offers backwards compatibility. Awesome. If there was any games worth playing that were backwards compatible. The, you know, the Wii just wanted to shove shovelware in your face, and so it's it's gradually tapered off and, you know, to the point of where nobody even really talks about it anymore. You like Mario? Have all the Mario! <laughs> 
And even then, they all can't always get it right. Like on the original Wii with the new Super Mario Brothers game that came out on that, I don't think I've ever hated anything as much as that game in my life. <laughs> like I, I have like a top three of things that you can get me really ranting on how furious I get. Like Starlings, Thomas Edison, and that goddamn game. Uh, it's like it. The game was so poorly designed. Like. I don't, one of the things that like it just makes my skin crawl thinking about it to this day is that like when you're playing with all your buddies and everything and then somebody dies, it causes the screen to freeze like it did in the old game. Like whenever you die, like the screen freezes and you kind of pop up and die. It does that again, but the problem with that is like all of your buddies and or you, if it's you, your timing is now ruined whenever you're making a jump or moving. So like whenever you die, it causes this chain reaction of just despair bear and anger because now i'm mad at you because your death just caused me to die which was essentially just a bad game design yeah it well it is it has been you know clearly doc, doc, documented couples should not play soup new soups uh, super mario brothers humans shouldn't play that game <laughs> like unless unless like there's just somebody that you want to hate you know, like the, you know, that guy, like you, like you know, you saw in the mall, who's like just the most positive, I mean, cheery person. And you can't get bring yourself to hate him just because he's far too nice and he's far too like encouraging, but you so badly want to play that game with him, and you'll learn to hate. You'll learn. Playing it single player was fine. I I really liked playing it by myself. But the, and the, that's not what its draw was. Its draw was meant to be a party. You're right. You're right. And so, I don't know, it's, I guess, yeah, I, you're, what you're saying is correct. Yeah, it was okay when you're a single player, but that's not what the game was designed for, and that's not what it was meant for. So, the main thing that you were meant to do, like, you just so dramatically failed, like, and that's, that, I don't know, that's what Nintendo's done to me recently. Like, I, I'm not going to lie, like, I, I kind of feel like these relationship, is, like, attachments to these, like, consoles, like, and I keep getting my heart broken because I feel like they, like, just, like, betrayed me and cheated on me like at first it was nintendo and them never releasing good games but when they did have good games you know like the mario games like mario kart like i still love mario kart it's my game but like mario kart wii was so poorly designed and the lottery system on it was so awful like blue shells like god like every other like two minutes so you could never hold first place and a very very poorly done online system and that's all I wanted. All I wanted was to ever play is Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers online. And the fact that you had to go through this huge convoluted system of like getting friend codes or being able to play with just some <sighs> random stranger in France but can't talk to him or anything, but Yeah. <sighs> now the console itself has friend codes, but then the game it's but then the game itself might have a completely different friend code. Right. So it, yeah, it got really really convoluted. And so the, the, the multiplayer on the Wii is, was broken. So we're not getting good games on the system. The, you know, the, the, when we do have good games, the whole concept around it, you know, being able to play multiplayer is broken. So I was just like, man, I'm, so, I just, I'm done with Nintendo. And so you know, ever since the GameCube, like, I've just gotten more and more of a love for Xbox because they kind of stayed true to it. Like their multiplayer games, like the online system was always the, you know, the best. They always seemed to have the best games, in my opinion. Stayed true to the system, stayed true to the gamers. They weren't throwing out a bunch of casual, you know, watsits. They were still trying to attack the core base. And then 
whenever this whole thing happened with the Xbox One, which was basically just saying that we're throwing the casual the the casual person to the forefront of our market, and you know screw the core gamers, because you know the casual person isn't going to care that their system looks like a VCR and gets thrown in there. The casual person isn't going to care that you know there's like it's region locked and that there's all this DRM connected to it. The core gamers care. So, like, you know, I feel, like, completely abandoned by Microsoft now. And then, so that pretty much just leaves you with Sony. But Sony is surrounded by problems of, you know, incompetence and not being able to kind of, you know, get their actual gaming market together, in my opinion. You know, it's, they don't have a lot of quality first product, um, you know, games for the system. You know, things like Uncharted and Infamous are great. But there's not a huge pool to choose from for it. <laughs> what else is there? Not, not so yeah. much. Uh, so, like, what am I left with? You know, where where are we at in the state of gaming today? And so that kind of left us, like, where, you know, do we have any heroes in the, uh, you know, horizon that are coming? You know, forever we've talked about, like, that, uh, you know, that Steam is going to release a console. You know, we're going to see how that's going to go. If that's ever going to get anywhere, whether it's just going to be another, you know, year-long version of, you know, Half-Life 3 confirmed jokes. Uh, but... Or you know you've got the uh, you know Androids releasing a um, video game system out here soon. Um, oh, are you talking about the Ouya? Because uh, that because think... that is failing horribly. No, I don't think the Ouya is Android. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yes. Oh, okay. And well, it is then... failing miserably. Okay, well then. Uh... Because because p- people are realizing, hey, I really don't want to play you know mobile games on my TV with a shitty controller. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Uh, that is disp- which, obviously, because I, I didn't even know like that it was Android-based. I, I haven't really done the proper research into it, and that's that's very, very disheartening news that we've got going on there. And so, yeah. like... So, okay, so, so you know, what we have there is, like, we have that that's kind of burying the, uh, the idea of... of the Android system that's not going anywhere, but, uh, so, like, I mean, what else? What else do we have? Like, and I, you know, I don't mean to sound cynical or that, you know, I don't have any hope in our system, but, you know, what do we have to look forward to coming in the future? You know, do you think that video gaming is going to be okay, that we're still going to survive and everything will be fine once it comes out, or are we now headed for a spiral? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. Um, I know we we've talked about shit about uh, the X- Xbox basically this entire show, but I'm that's actually the one I'm leaning towards that I'm probably gonna pre-order kind of soon. Um, in fact, I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to go the other way. Um, even though you know Microsoft has you know backpedaled on a lot of what they've done, like I said, there are still things that bother me. The uh, the the i spy system that's on it and everything here here's kind of where I'm at on it and the fact that I'm probably going to end up buying Sony and basically watch what happens with the uh, Xbox One you know where it leads to um I mean what I and mean, what do I really have to lose I mean the Sony's going to be a hundred dollars cheaper anyway so you know yeah. hopefully and I do you know don't get me wrong as this is I'm not attacking Xbox out of like malice. I'm attacking Xbox because I, I love it. You know, wh- whenever I critique, you know, things that concern like politics or 
uh, you know, religion or any of those big factors in their life. It's because there are specific things that I, I'm interested in and I want them to grow. And I use my dissent in order to try to increase and strengthen the thing that I, I enjoy. So while I might criticize, you know, things that America does, it's only because I want to see it get stronger. This is the same thing with the Xbox. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm going to completely abandon the Xbox and the Xbox is total garbage. My dissent comes in the form of the fact that I would like to see the company improve and all these things that are a burden to it now kind of get flipped around. But that's kind of a wait-and-see moment. Yeah. That wait-and-see has been said almost every episode for the past two months on this show. Wait-and-see, wait-and-see, wait-and-see. So yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting time in video games right now. In fact, and probably the most interesting time. Um, I can't remember I've, things I've heard, being, I've heard as well. I can't I yeah I can't recall things ever being quite this strong. Like even in the heyday of like where it was just PlayStation versus Nintendo, you, you the never internet, ne- the internet has helped that a lot. <laughs> That's true. Um, the increase of social networking um, has definitely influenced things, but you know. But as time has gone on, there's been more pipes added to the plumbing. You know, video games before, like all they did was just play the video game. You know, there wasn't a dramatic difference between the PlayStation and the N64. You know, you can argue kind of graphics here and there, like which one maybe had the better games, blah blah blah. But there wasn't really any strong difference between them. But now it's gotten so far away. There's so many different, you know, you know, s- things that are added to our video game system that they're no longer just video game systems. They're a, just gotten so broad that it's given us more things to argue over. You know, did I ever think that it would come to a point that I would be so angry at my video game system because it's always watching me without my pants on that I might not buy it? Five years ago, would I tell you that? No, I've been like, wow, that's kind of foolish, but that's a fun joke to make. And but now here I am debating it. So, you know, it's you know the internet. You're correct. You know the increase of social media, but also the fact that there's just so many more angles, so many more like small connections to be made. They're not just video game systems anymore. Very true. But. Okay. Um. One last thing on my. Uh, news articles. Um, we're already getting news about Battlefield 4 DLC. Now, we've already heard about one DLC. I'm talking, we've already heard about the second bit of DLC, and it's Battlefield 3 maps. What? <laughs> um, okay. Here's it's just. I'm already, I'm already going to admit to you that there's not a lot that. I can I can offer you on this one without me just like spiraling off into another like <laughs> tangent rage fit, and it doesn't have necessarily anything to do with like the subtleties of it of like you know, the fact that they're announcing DLC for a game that's not coming out yet, and then how it's just basically for uh, Battlefield Three. It has more to do with the fact that it's Battlefield Three to begin with. Uh, that's something else that's kind of struck me, um, kind of on a weird little chord uh, as a gamer. How how heavy are these things part of our, our culture now? Battlefield and Call of Duty. Um, they're the forefront. You know, when remember when we did, when we watched the uh, Xbox reveal, that was pretty much a whole third of the show 
was him talking about the new Call of Duty game and the fact that it was going to have a dog. Uh, yeah, cool. But and you're going to control idea, the dog. Yeah, and it's going to have a suit and everything. It's going to be awesome. But I, I don't know. Like I've, I've kind of grown. I've you know over time this little seed of of just <laughs> unstoppable uh, anger towards those types of games. And, you know, it has nothing to do, I think, necessarily with the games themselves, but rather the marketing and the culture that surrounds it. You know, I used to be absolutely in love with the Modern Warfare games, and I still kind of am. Like, they have really good stories to them. But the fact that we have to have a Call of Duty You are talking about Call of Duty, right? Yeah, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3. Story in Call of Duty. Sorry, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's a uh, it's this novel <laughs> concept. In fact, actually, some might even say that's an Easter egg of the games. <laughs> you know, like, you spend so long on your fifty kill streak. It's like, hey, dude, did you know that there's like another like campaign that was added to it? Like, oh no, dude, it's like hidden in there. Where was it? It's above the uh, multiplayer option. There's <laughs> things other than the multiplayer option. And uh, yeah, so it's the idea of. The culture that got surrounded by it, the fact that we have to have a Call of Duty game and a Battlefield game every year without fail, that basically they're an annual sports franchise. The uh, fact that we have to, uh, you know, we, we have to have it at the forefront of everything. Like, Call of Duty is the basically the poster child for video games now. It's If you're talking about anything that's actually newsworthy, it's always, always going to be involved like Call of Duty or like Battlefield. Or Halo, which I, I'm not the biggest fan of Halo in the world, but I still respect it for what it is. I, I just I've lost all love for you know all of those first person army games. It's just because that's what the state of video gaming has become. Every every other big title is basically you playing as either a marine or a space marine, and you know space uh, marines. <laughs> games Workshop, please don't sue me for saying that. Um, but the, that's what the, that's what it's become. And, you know, and, and I guess I can't necessarily, I should be angry at it because that's what's selling. That's what people are buying. But that, that again turns to the, what I was saying earlier is about the culture The you know, you have an on mass group of casual video gamers that have like bought systems and that's all they do is just buy, you know, Madden games and Call of Duty games and Battlefield games and it's caused them to be the main focus of every gaming company on the market. And that's disheartening as, to me. As well as media. Don't don't as well as media. <laughs> right? And all I've all I've wanted was something to kind of branch out and be different. And whenever things are have, they have kind of gotten buried. Um, there's a game that came out on the PS3 called Heavy Rain, and it was I don't know, it was mind-boggling. It was so soul immersive, and it gave you so many options, and there were so many different things that you could do that I've never like quite... call Jason, Jason. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's well, it's definitely was a new experience. It was a very human experience. And I don't mean to sound like all artsy-fartsy with it, but it was definitely something that was immersive to me. And that's something I'm looking for when I'm playing a video game is being immersed into your world, being you know able to identify with your characters. But I can't identify with you know a 
John Doe, who has a rifle and he's part of his squadron, and he's going to blow up a thing. All right, that's that's awesome. And but that's the state. It's for America. (laughs) Freedom, crack of the Liberty Bell, and big gulps. Uh. It's I don't know. It's a trend that I hope that we're able to get away from. Like I loved for the longest time, I loved the push for video games as being art. You know, we always talked about that. We always, you know, we, people would throw out names like Portal and Braid and you know Limbo. Journey. Like, it's like yeah, Journey. Um, I would actually love to play Journey. I've I've seen some stuff on that. I haven't had a um I haven't had a PS3 in a while. Um, something happened to mine, like it like broke down, and I just never got around to buying a new one. But like I've seen and read, and I saw a buddy of mine play Journey for a little bit, and I'm at, I was just captivated by it from the few like 15 minutes that I saw it, and that's kind of what I want. Um, I would love to be able to see that that's the new swing, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Not from big companies, though. Those, those things are all coming from indie. You know, I mean, look at look at Minecraft. That's a huge game right now, and it was it's an indie de- developer. Yeah, and he, those those kind of things too are interesting, and I and I do love that. I do love Minecraft. I do love um, maybe not even so much Minecraft, but I do really like like a uh, Terraria. Um, okay, it's uh, basically the same thing except for it has a different. I, I never really liked the. Uh, the way the world and the camera angle works in Minecraft. It's just not, I don't know, it makes me disoriented, I guess. But, um, like, there's another Xbox Live game called uh, Milo and Ilo. It's like a 3D puzzler. Okay. And it spent, the game spent so much time warping around the 3D world and moving around and everything that I kind of, like, get, like, vertigo and just, like, like pass out. But, um, I don't know, just the way the Minecraft worked and all the system worked and the way the worked is the camera um, followed your character just didn't suit me, so um, that's why I started playing Terraria because it's basically the same thing, just all uh, 2D uh, game platforming. But and I love that, like that allows you. To, I love games that allow you to be creative and explore what you can do. Um, but that, but that, those kind of the games like Minecraft and Terraria are kind of exceptions to the rule. They're not the main. That kind of thing is not the main hitter in video game worlds. Like, you know, a few do come through, but still at the end of the day, most of what's getting pumped out into the system is, you know, Halo and the Calls of Duties and the Battlefields and the Gears of Wars. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I love Gears of War with all my heart, but that's what we get. We get, you know, military style fighting games, and there's just, we can do so much more, and I would like, just want to see that potential tapped, and I get, I get all emotional. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. That's that's usually gets uncomfortable for everybody that's around me. And it's just <laughs> I ended up just kind of like just sobbing and eating into a carton of Hagen dust. But you know, I I want to see this go somewhere else. And you know, when we look at the future, when we look at the fact that our, how our hardware is no longer being aimed towards the core gamer anymore. When we look at how the main games that are succeeding are no longer being aimed after the core gamer anymore, you know it's kind of, you know, whether we can invest in the future as ourselves or whether you know the video games itself are going to end up leaving us behind. But who knows? It's the ultimate question, man. It's the ultimate question. 
<laughs> I guess we're going to have to beat this one more time, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, Is there any other topics about technology or video games you want to cover before we end the show? Um, well, let's see. Yeah, I got one more thing that I'm actually kind of interested to hear hear what you have to say. Like, um, one of the big things that they announced today was the fact that um, uh, Time Warner was buying a their um their TV app onto the uh, Xbox, so that way that you could you know watch your your TV as long as you had like a Time Warner subscription through the Xbox. And that was another thing that was touted through the Xbox One. Um, you won't have to have the separate application when the Xbox One comes out, but they're going to go ahead and start this thing early with the Xbox 360. So as far as that feature goes, like, how, how do you feel about that? I believe we're going to see more of Microsoft and uh, TV cable companies kind of teaming up like this. I mean, it, it's been kind of projected that, you know, Hey, you know, if you buy this deal, you know, if you go through this bu- bundle on Comcast, we will save you 200 bucks towards an Xbox One. You know, I they're, you know, they're going to help, they're going to push the Xbox. I think we're going to see Comcast come come on to some kind of deal. Well, I mean, they they've already got their Xfinity app, which is their on on demand stuff on there. So, um I I think we're going to see more of, you know, Cable companies loving Microsoft right now. It's I don't know, it, and you're and you're absolutely right. However, like the uh, the necessity of it, I think, kind of gets lost on me. Like this, this again kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier about Microsoft focusing its attention on things that don't really need to be. Uh, you know, do does it matter that you're adjusting to a system that saves me from having to press the input button on my controller? Um, well, I I think it's it's more c- catering towards the, you know, the ADD mar- market, which is what we're all becoming now, because I mean, so so often now, really, when you go to launch mat- matchmaking, you change the channel, you go watch TV while it's being set up, and you listen, you know, through your 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 sound system, whether it's you're about to go in the game or not. Well, this the Xbox One is just going to basically do that for you. You know, plus you've already got your your laptop or your tablet or your phone in your hand, or maybe even all three at one time. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I don't know. I kind of, I don't know. That just kind of tickled me because it made me think of like the smart glass. It's like, here's the opportunity for you to like watch like HBO while also watching your laptop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Yeah. You know, it's just our our inability to focus on one thing and. Uh, and goodness knows that I'm guilty of it. Like I can, I'll sit there and watch TV and be browsing on my Facebook like the whole time. And yeah, you know, you have to think is like, uh, is it, is that even really a healthy thing for me to be doing even more? So should, should Microsoft be like exploiting that fact of us? Well, maybe. Well, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. And my my computer, I have two two I have two monitors. Right right next to it is my TV, and I usually have my have my uh, Kindle Fire in here as well. And usually, while I'm playing games on one of those screens, Netflix is playing while I'm playing games. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Like I do, like I do the thing. Like if I'm doing something that's uh, like an activity, 
like if I'm if I'm like sitting down and I'm like uh, you know organizing like my notes or I'm writing um, or I'm you know planning out some like uh, my uh, action plan for the next day at work, like I always have Netflix or like Hulu something like that playing in the background, something that I'm half paying attention to, like uh, <laughs> that was. And I don't even know why I do it because I'll like I'll play a movie and then I'll realize that I actually don't really know what's going on in the movie because I've been watching half of it. But I actually don't feel secure in doing whatever it is I'm doing unless like the TV's playing in the background. But that's the thing. We've grown up like that though. We've always kind of done done our homework with the TV on in in the background. Yep. The uh, so the idea of our like attention's always shifting, and you'll see it all the time now. And maybe that's another problem, you know, like uh, something that's kind of really, uh, you know, negatively affected this our subculture of like, uh, you know, geeks and nerds and everything is the fact that one of the reasons why we often can't, you know, focus in and, you know, build ourselves up and, you know, try to achieve something that will actually make us happy is because we can't focus on one thing long enough to actually make it uh, in, you know, build into fruition and to be of a quality, so... I can I can actually feel feel safe in saying that's not just our subculture, but everybody in general. I think that's that's just what you know this you know twenty first century has brought. You know, yeah, it's uh, like hey, welcome to the twenty first century. Here's ADD. <laughs> ADD and lack of uh, patience. You know that. Yes. You know, one thing that kind of dry like i don't know this part of it's still lost on me to this day is like um you know games like candy crush like uh i like candy crush as much as the next guy i mean whatever it's an addicting game but whenever you lose so many times the game makes you wait for half an hour before you can play it again so when but what you can do is you can actually buy more life so you can play again immediately and i'm like why why would i do that why would I pay money to like just play the game that I already have? But there's plenty of people who do. I know, and that's still like it's interesting where we've come along, and to the point of where you know microtransactions mm-hmm. um, show up a lot in our video games now. I won't say a lot to this point actually. That's not really a fair thing. Like I think I've only really seen it recently in like Dead Space Two. But um, if you play any MMO now nowadays. Yeah, because they're uh, all microtransactions now. That's that, yeah, that is true. Uh, MMOs and then the on and off, uh, you know, console games. But that that's becoming a bigger thing as the microtransactions. So, like, you know, it. I don't know. It's interesting to me to to think of how why why would people do that? But that is kind of where shift where people are shifting to is like they a they don't want to live without something. Which is the reason why, like things like uh, the microtransactions, why the counters work, um, day one DLC works. You know, I'm not going to get yeah. angry. The, the idea of day day one DLC is infuriating to me, but it works because people aren't going to play their game without something, so they're still going to buy the day one DLC, so that way they don't have to have go without it. So you know, we we are getting kind of like philosophical here, but. That is where the that is where everything is shifted to. Is like you know we we can't focus, we have uh, we have no patience, and you know we can't uh, you know <laughs> we can't live without you know if if I can dress my uh, my horse up in armor, here's five dollars. Do it now. 
<laughs> so that's another thing that's kind of discouraging about the state of gaming. Well, but you know what? That's not going to. It's it's not probably not going to be individualized to gaming at all. You're probably going to see that more and more as everything kind of comes around. Mm-hmm. You know, I've. I'm, you're going to have to start paying little, to sit little, on the bench. Uh, I want to play a little devil's advocate here. You know, we're we're you know you ju- you just said it yourself. We're we're now a culture of we cannot live without, and one of those things we cannot live without is internet, and that was what my, Microsoft was seeing. So that's why they went with the always connected stuff, and that is the way we're going to go. It's just that people were. It's. I, I don't think a lot of people that, that really bitched about it realize, hey, the, their their Xbox is connected always. Anyway, you know, I, yeah. but I, I do, I do understand the people who are living out in, you know, the middle, but fuck nowhere. Yeah. They're going to complain about it cause they can no longer play. But I mean, really their market really is the people living with high speed internet. Oh yeah. And that's, and that's what, what they saw. But the reason they said, screw you guys who don't have it, that, that rubbed the people, the, that rubbed people the, the wrong way. Well, here, here's two points of that. One is the fact that you're you're placing your strain on your own systems. Basically, not even if we're pretending like you and I do have a great connection all the time. You know, nothing ever happens to it. My system can always be connected, whatever. But now I have to I have to rely on your system to always be working as well. You know, if you're down for like maintenance or you crash, you know, one of the big things like SimCity Four. That basically is down for like a year because their servers couldn't handle it. Now I'm at the mercy of what your systems are capable of and what you're doing, which is fine. Like if if I ever got booted off of Xbox Live because of certain maintenance or whatever, well then fine, whatever. I'll just play offline. That's the biggest thing, and that leads into my second point, which is the fact that you're placing unnecessary restrictions on people. You know, you're demanding them play it this way. And that's when people start to get angry. You know, if if you would just leave it alone, then things would just go its natural course anyways. One of the big points of this is things like, uh, you know, uh, Apple and the iPod and iTunes. You know, I'm not always the biggest fan of Apple and a lot of the things that they do. But what they did with iTunes, I love. The fact that once iTunes came out, iTunes didn't abandon everything, you know. They realized that you still had CDs. They realized that you still had you know, your own music library, and they let you use it. They let you put it on their products. I, you know, they also you – know, they, they knew that you know, things was eventually going to become a digital only. And even when it got to that point where things are still digital only, you can still take CDs and you can still put them on there. I can still listen to my uh, iTunes without it being connected to the internet. And I can still connect to songs that I bought in the past through their cloud. So I get the benefits of, A, of things like the cloud that are connected to the Internet. But also, if I'm not connected to the Internet, I'm not punished for it. Also, I'm not punished for the fact that I'm not buying simply from their media. They gave people the right to choose, and people responded. And with over time, what happened? iTunes is pretty much the number one distributor of music. Most people are buying their music from iTunes now, and... All they ever did was just make it available to you. So when Microsoft is doing this, when they're throwing basically sanctions on how you game, of course people are going to get furious. Whereas what they should have done is just let things come naturally. 
let things get to the point where almost everything is being bought digitally anyways. So that way when you're saying that you can't play discs on the system anymore, it's not going to matter because nobody has discs anyways. So I agree. I agree. There's my thing on that. That's the reason why I kind of went back and, and thought that what they were doing was strong-handed in, a, in an unnecessary uh, cash grab for them. It's like if you just let things take their course, people won't get emotional and angry over it. Just you know, don't be a douche. That's <laughs> number one business tactic there. Just don't be a douche. And one one of you know, one of their things was, well, hey, with the Xbox One, you know. Broadband wasn't really a thing, but hey, we put uh, you know an e-Ethernet port on on our stuff, and we, we didn't allow you to connect through through dial-up. We we made you use broadband. That is yeah, true, but that's a different that's a different horse. It really is. Uh, I would also argue that most people had moved off of dial-up at that point, anyways. By the time, especially since the uh, like the Xbox had come out, like you were starting to see a more heavier influx where people like, cause dial up was not at all efficient. It was slow and it was taking up your phone line. So people could not wait to get up off of that. Now, are we at a are we, are we at a time now where people like can't wait to get to digital? Not really. There are still problems with no. that. Like we still have to deal with storage space. You know, I, I fight for storage space on my 360 like all the time because movies and games take up so much space that, it's often it's mostly it's usually in my best interest to buy the disc anyways. So and additionally, are people jumping at your system? No, because you know everything that you're offering is limiting them in some way, where from what they were before. You know, like the difference between dial-up and broadband was is that people were, were switching over as fast as they could because everything that they were wanting was being offered in another system. Now things are being switched over. Where now you're offering us things that we don't necessarily want anyways, <laughs> and we're not clamoring for, we're not rushing for, but you're making us have them anyways. You know, the cloud storage and the cloud system is great. It is an interesting feature, but we're not desiring it at this point in our lives. You know, it might get to when things are phased out over time where no longer people have disks anymore, and we have to have it. We desire more cloud space. We desire to be able to play from the cloud. And then, then, yeah, that's when you phase out the disk and say that, okay, then everything's just cloud now. Cloud is a funny word. I know, and it's... Cloud's like a word that you can't say without smiling, and I don't know why. Cloud. But, well, especially with the internet, I mean, with cloud, I mean, not a whole lot of people know really what that is. Like, oh, cloud, that's, you know, where I put my Dropbox stuff. Kind of. It's, you know... it is becoming a part of our like uh, our lexicon now, and it's like I kind of remember like back when uh, uh, you know like the DS had first came out, like you know Wi-Fi was still kind of a new thing, and people didn't really know what like a Wi-Fi hotspot was. Um, but now it's gotten to the point of where you know that's general knowledge, and that's probably what cloud's going to do. Um, it's becoming everybody's. All the tech devices are doing it now. It's becoming a part of everything. You store your stuff in the cloud, and and you're right. It's gotten to this point now, but you know, give it a couple years, and it will become a major part of our vernacular for sure. Yeah, well, really, what I'm saying is the the cloud does more than just storage, though, and people don't really realize that yet. Oh, okay. You mean the actual function rather than the actual word itself? Yes. 
Right. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, expand on that. Well, I mean, we'll like take what the X- Xbox is doing. You know, they're they're going to have cloud computing. Um, I, I just know what I've heard from you know, basically the giant bomb guys who are there at E3 and were able to talk to people, and what they're saying is, um, like one of the guys gave an example of uh, he, the demo was they showed a bunch of uh, uh like NASA. Uh, sat- satellite fo- uh, kind of demo and it just showed like the a- asteroids and asteroid field and it said well okay this is what the Xbox One can do on the console okay you got a bunch of a- asteroids phone through space here's if we add cloud support boom up 100%, 100% there's more asteroids it can do a lot more you know it's pulling basically processing power from the internet in a sense, hmm. right? Yeah, it's which which is something you know that is definitely going for the Xbox. You know that is something that is really cool that the Xbox is doing. Yeah, and and I agree with that. And it's de- it's it, the the future that it will offer in the long run is great, but it's not a short term thing. Basically, it even goes back to like even how I started, where you know, uh, not a lot of people are even are just now becoming familiar with the word cloud. So. They, not only do you not want to like demand it on people right now as far as like how it functions and what it's doing, you want to kind of work into that because I do think that it will get to the point of where you know the cloud is the main thing. You know, I do think that as cliche it is, it is Xbox is kind of playing ahead of its time, but it needs to map out for the long term for that. It needs to start in a position here and plan into that future rather than just like throwing it in our face right now and be like, this is how everything's done. Cause a lot of what they're doing is cool. You know, like even though I'm kind of angry with how they handled it, like with the uh, family share thing that they were doing for it, um, that they're no longer going to do now. Yeah. Right. And which kind of, I, I don't know. That was irritating to me because it was once they went back on all of their, uh, you know, the DRM and all of that, they're like, Oh, and so now we're not going to do this. It basically just kind of felt like a I'm gonna take my ball and go home now kind of situation. It was it, how how could they have done it though? I mean because I mean it's it's it'd be a lot harder to kind of police that system if not all the consoles were online. Well, I what it comes down to is like what. Why do you need it to be that police that heavy, anyways? I mean, if I don't, maybe I am being naive, money. That's why but money. Here's the thing, though: is like I don't think that, um, you know, the the exploits that would come with that are as that big of a problem. You know, if and maybe I am being naive. You know, maybe that there is a bigger cash loss there than I, I'm even aware of and I can and I'll admit that. However, it seems to me that when you're coming out with a new system that you should work over in the long term and maybe they are doing that. You know, maybe they are starting from this point here and making everybody happy and then as time goes on they'll gradually implement the new system and then give you the family share back. But I don't I don't know. It just seems like to me like they could have just given you all of their pros and take away their cons in order to 
satisfy the core base and then gradually work it up into basically the idea that they had in the begin with when the whole culture of gaming adjusts to that kind of uh, paradigm. So, I don't know. It it does feel a little bit like a whole nana nana boo boo situation, but you know, I'm sure that there are you know there is money behind it, and there's other decisions that I'm not aware of that are connected to it. Yeah, and as you know, the guest we had last last week said. Who's to say they're not going to put all this, you know, DRM stuff back on once everybody's bought the console? Um, yeah, I, I know that's been an expressed fear that, like, once you buy the uh, Xbox One, that the very first thing that you get home is now you have to download an update, and bam, all the DRM's back. Um, and <laughs> I'm not sure if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna condemn Xbox that badly, you know. Um, I think they'll kind of stick to their guns for a while, and then as time goes on and as the as the culture of gaming shifts, they'll probably add it back on. You know, in a couple years, when you know things like this do become invalid, but I don't think it'll be an immediate concern. Yeah, you're right. You know, it, this I'm 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 predicting if that does happen, it'll be years in you know in the future. I mean, really look. You know, when the Xbox 360 launch, looked at what it can do, and look at what it what it can do now. It's a completely different console. So I'm that's what I'm predicting the Xbox One what that will happen with that. It's going to be right. a whole new con- con- console in a couple of years. Yeah, and um, and, you know, and I and I do. This is the one optimistic thing that I do have to say about like the future of gaming is the Xbox 360 lasted so much longer. Uh, not just the Xbox 360, but also like the PS3, lasted so much longer than most video game systems' lifespans were. You know, uh, well, past systems, something would be around I mean, for a couple years, and then you'd automatically, a new one would be coming out. So The Super Nintendo just recently stopped getting support. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, there are... Uh, I don't know. It still it still tickles me that you can still go to like places and you can buy a brand new like Super Nintendo Sega Genesis hybrid system thing and uh I don't know. It's I don't know. It's just that, that, that kind of warms my heart a little bit. But uh, before you started attacking uh, an old generation with a new generation, um, there was a very small amount of time that you had to wait. And I mean, look how long that we've had the the 360 and the and the PS3. It's because these systems became more versatile than like old systems that you can now they can they're able to adapt as time goes on. And that's the one thing I have to say is like maybe that's a good thing here is that maybe the Xbox One um, as it it will probably be more versatile than the system before it, so it might even last even longer than the Xbox 360 did. And the Xbox 360 is still going to be supported even after the Xbox One launch. So yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be supported one day after the PlayStation Three. Yeah. So the the longevity and the life of a video game console is while video game consoles are becoming more and more expensive. I good grief, five hundred dollars for the Xbox One. That, that's that hurts. But uh, yeah. But fortunately, you'll be able to have it for over you know. 10 years um and you know it'll the system will adapt and change and you'll be able to hold on to it for a long time which is hopefully a positive 
that I can actually throw out there and stop being all the doom saying that I've been doing for basically the entirety of the show. Yay. Well, okay. Now that we got that awkward silence there. Um, oh, I was closing the show, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, kind of went off there, a little bit there. Uh, is there anything else you want to uh, take us on a path down? Uh, no, I think that that pretty much covered everything that was sticking on top of my head at the time. Um, well, okay. Hey, I've got a quick sto- story that happened to me this week. Uh, we were talking about uh, cable companies. I came home one day and was going to watch some Castle because, you know, that's on every day now. And I found out that I no longer get TNT or TBS or BBC America. So I'm like, well, crap, that's what I watch. So I called up Com- Comcast. I was like, hey, what's up? Well... We did some looking, and you were never you were never supposed to be getting those channels anyway. Which I kind of knew. I kind of knew there was a bunch of channels I wasn't supposed to, I was not supposed to be getting. So I said, "Well, hey, I want these channels back." So after talking to about three people, um, I managed to get the, the channels back, get my bill lo- lowered, and now I also have the HD channels of those channels I that I did not have before. So I came out ahead. It's <laughs> pretty and heavy I, mojo you're showing in there. <laughs> and they said, well, well, my bill's going to be lower for the first six months. I said, well, what about after this, this uh, six months? What, what am I going to do? What's my bill going to be then? She said, I'll just call back and complain, and we'll probably lo- lower it then, too. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Squeaky wheel gets the oil. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the actual advice that she gave you? Was just to complain later? No, no. Her her words were to see what kind of bundles they have now, or what kind of deals that that are going on. But basically, oh. was call, calling and complain. <laughs> that's clearly a person that's very very unhappy with their existence. That there's yeah, just complain later. But uh, well, yeah, they're very pretty PC aware of what people do with with Comcast. Because uh, that is what I mean, a lot of people cool. do. Uh. I know my my time with Comcast was not very pleasant. Um, I operate in the hospitality business, and Comcast, like during my time, and this was probably you know uh, two or three years ago, so the the system could have very well changed. But their their time at the time was probably the least like hospitable people on the planet. I just. Absolutely, like they just had like a whole like crate of like fucks next to them, and they just could not give you just one. And and uh, it, oh man, it infuriated me so so badly. And it gets worse whenever you're you operate in hospitality, like you know that's part of your career. And people who are so bad at it, they operate with no sense of urgency. They have no desire to make you a happy customer at all. They're basically just giving you a care package of just suck it and deal with it. But maybe because of how the media environment is changing, you know, uh, there's a heavier investment in things like uh, Netflix and Hulu over, you know, cable and satellite. So I can see where maybe now that they've changed their, uh, their mindset a little bit like oh no no we gotta make sure we gotta do to keep whatever customers we do have because that was awful <laughs> i uh, 
they made me so mad. And none of their stuff ever worked. I had internet from Comcast, and that was... I, it never worked. Like, uh, I'll I tell you what, I there. could not be happier with my internet. From Comcast? Could not be happier. Yeah, with Comcast. I'm getting 50 megs down and about 10 up. See, and, you know, it probably did come from the pressure of the marketplace. Because, like I said, this was a solid, like, three years ago. So the marketplace, you know, came more competitive for them. So I have no doubt in my mind that they upped the ante and, you know, hopefully was producing better quality. But for a long time, I've had Metro, the fiber optics. Yes. I've never had. That is what my parents have over there. Yeah, it's you know it's what I have here. Um, it's actually that's also the same. We have that same type of internet um, at the uh, fitness club, and you know I've never had a single issue with it. And so you know I have I've kind of come loyal to them. I'm willing to give them like all of my money for whatever it is, as long as it always works and works e- efficiently. So you know, good on Comcast though. I mean, if you're happy with them, I'm glad to see that they came around a little bit. Yeah, I, I was I was very happy. Where after I got the phone with them the other day. That's good because last time I talked to them on the phone, I just wanted to like you know drive by and throw a Molotov in their letterbox. So <laughs> that's you know, and that does and that shows the well, that actually might be a good example of things that we've been talking about for the whole rest of the show. You know, you spend a huge chunk of time like angering your uh, customer base then once you realize that you know it's fight or, or die that you you know eventually change things around so you know maybe we'll even start to see that from uh from some of the companies that we've been talking about here that they'll they'll become a little bit more catered towards what the customer wants and what we're asking for and as time goes on we'll all be a little happier for it yeah well, now to actually you know, third time's a charm. Where I'm going to close, close the show. Um, is there anybody you would like to shout out? You know, give a hoop, hoopla, hoorah. All right. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah. There's a, a couple of people out there that uh, you know basically kind of got started me back on this track of you know doing some of these things that I wanted to do. Um, uh, a couple of buddies of mine that were the ones that kind of got me interested back into podcasting again. Um, David Strainer and Cody Lederbrand, um, both of them have been to, like talking to me about you know getting back into the game and uh, and it's something that I've taken very seriously. And also uh, the very person I mentioned earlier, um, you know, one of my bosses, John Spence. Um, his, his he talked to me a lot about pursuing things that I want to and being able to adjust and approach it with quality. So the very reason I'm sitting here doing this today kind of started with the, those gentlemen. So if you didn't like this uh, this the way that I talked or anything that I said, this is all your guys' fault. So take that. <laughs> well, hey Austin, you are one of the best guests because I just have to start saying something and then just sit back and let you talk. So easy for me. It really is. Yeah. And I'm glad, too, because usually my my tendency to talk well well past most people's patience is considered a <laughs> negativity. But I'm glad that uh, you enjoyed it. Well, so that's, what, that's what podcasting is for. <laughs> Talking to unreasonable amounts of time. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. I like it. 
Uh, well, I would like to thank you for being on the show. And you are also going to be on uh, the movie and TV show podcast I recommend. So if you want to listen to more of Austin, download that. Because that will also be about the same time this will be. So, and um, next week I'm going on vacation. So William might do something. I don't know. That is totally up to him. I think he might. So just kind of look at the site or look on Twitter to see what's going on there. Because uh, I will be kind of off the grid. I'm going where internet is DSL speed. So <laughs> I'm not going to be on the internet for about a week. So I will see you when I come back to civilization. And I will see you then. Boom. Bye.